I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is a magnificent football Monday on a wonderful football Wednesday. It is You Better You Bet, Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, and you here on the BetQL Network. Our first show back in the saddle since Sunday morning, and we got a lot to do over the course of the next three hours. We set the table in hour number one, talking about the weekend that was in the National Football League, hit a little NBA as well. Shout out to America's team and America's point guard, John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies. We talked about the Browns and the Jets on Thursday Night Football and uh, implications in the award markets with Kevin Stefanski, Joe Flacco, and Miles Garrett. Uh, we got great guests coming up this hour. Rob Bazola, Pro Sports Better, will join us in just a moment. Brian Baldinger, Odyssey Sports NFL Insider, 20 minutes from now. And then Ken and I will get back to our handicap of Week 17. We'll go to Saturday night with the Cowboys and the Lions in Dallas. And then we'll move to Sunday slate beginning with the Bills and the Patriots in Western New York. So we've got a lot to do. Bets uh, coming up at the end of the show. Final hour in the Power Hour for tonight. But let's get to him right now. Pro sports better Rob Bazola joins us here on the show. Rob on Twitter, at Rob Bazola. you got to check out Rob's sports betting content company, The Hammer, on Twitter, at The Hammer HQ. Uh, his podcast, sports betting podcast, is Circles Off. Uh, Rob, welcome back to the show. Nick and Ken, hope it was a great Christmas for you and your family. How's it going? It's going. Uh, that's what I can say right now. I'm running on fumes, man. The holiday season, especially with uh, NFL games mixed in, uh, it's it's great. But like, I didn't get the afternoon nap on the couch on Christmas Day or anything like that. It was uh, a lot going on. So uh, happy to have had a good year and spent it with family. But uh, whew, man, uh, I can't wait to, <laughs> to mix in some naps this week uh, whenever I can. That was a good. That was a good high pitch. There. Whew. Yeah, it's, uh, we got a lot of that going right now. It's good. It's holidays. You kind of feel like that a lot, um, especially if you work in sports like we do. Rob, I, I know there's one bet that you're like really confident in that you want to talk about, and then we'll just kind of hit on some other topics and some other games. Why don't we do that first, just a bet coming up this weekend that you really like? I believe it's in the Seahawks game. Yeah, so I bet the total in this game, and I, I took the under. Uh, it moved a little bit today, and you know I think still any number across the board is fine in terms of betting the under in this game. So... It's uh, two-pronged, but Seattle, in terms of Geno Smith, I'm just not a fan of, of the offense altogether right now. It's very conservative. That tends to be the case under Pete Carroll, but if last week's game against Tennessee wasn't a sign for you, I don't know what is. That's a Tennessee defense. That's typically a pass-funnel defense. Teams have been exploiting them through the air all year long. Seattle thought it's going to be a good idea to just run the ball again because that's our MO. That's our bread and butter on offense. Didn't work for them. They were forced into a lot of third-down situations. Um, where they had third and long, and they couldn't put up a big point total on Tennessee. Pittsburgh plays a ton of man. 
That's a defense that Gino has struggled with for the vast majority of his career. And I think you're going to get a very conservative game plan from the Seahawks offense. On the other side, Steelers offense, Mason Rudolph, great game against the Bengals. A lot of yards after catch that really aided him in that one. But I'm just not a Mason Rudolph fan. And I think that there's kind of been like an overcorrection thinking the Steelers offense is going to put up big numbers again. Mike Tomlin, Pete Carroll, two guys that are very conservative, like to come out, have their teams not turn the ball over, play the field position game. The, the, I mean, if you're going to name two of the top three coaches that love to punt from midfield on fourth and short, these are the two guys. To me, it's the recipe for an under game. Uh, I think this total, honestly, I have this almost in like the 39 range. All right, Rob, uh, there are a bunch of games that you want to hit. Um, I want to make sure we get your thoughts on like two of the biggest games of the week, though, and then we'll get to some of the games that you'd like to talk about. So the, yeah, if you don't have a bet, it's totally fine. I think our listeners and viewers would just like to hear your opinion, especially because you're a Cowboys fan, right? So let's give us like maybe like a minute combined here. Dallas, your team, a six-point home favorite against the Lions on Saturday night. The total there is 53-and-a-half. And then the Dolphins and the Ravens on Sunday in Baltimore, where the Ravens win. They are your one seed in the AFC playoffs with the bye. Baltimore right now, Rob, in between a three-and-a-three-and-a-half-point home favorite. Total is 47. Feels like unlikely that we'll see Jalen Waddle in this game for the Miami Dolphins. So we'll get to some of the games you feel more confident in in a second. But just quick thoughts, please. Dallas and Detroit, and then Miami and Baltimore. So Dallas, Detroit, my first thought before lines open this week were I would love to play Dallas next week in some capacity. Detroit just clinched the NFC North. It's like, you know, the classic quote unquote letdown spot. Dallas plays a lot better at home. Then I saw the number on the game and I kind of lost my appetite to bet Dallas in this game. I honestly think it's just a steep price and it's pretty expensive. I've honestly started to consider whether or not I want to play Detroit in this game. The last couple of Cowboys home games, while they do put up a lot of points, they have given up a lot of success to the opposing teams. Now, the Eagles, you might say, only had 13 points when they played in Dallas. There were three fumbles in that game, one by Devontae Smith, one by A.J. Brown, one by Jalen Hurts. That kind of hurt the, you know, you just look at the final number there, and you're like, the Eagles scored 13 points. They moved the ball pretty successfully in that game. The week prior was the Thursday night football game against the Seahawks, who put up 35 points on Dallas. So I think Detroit's offense is still very capable here. I, I mean, this is a long-winded answer of me saying I don't like really like anything here, but I wanted Dallas. I just think that like all these things are priced in already, and it might actually create some value on the other side. For Miami-Baltimore... I'm still considering Miami in some capacity here, but I thought, I mean, we got out to four. We saw some Miami buyback. I personally believe there's still going to be some Baltimore money that comes in later in the week. I'm not so keen to move at the current prices that are here on the Dolphins when you consider their injury report, but the Ravens are a very good team. They also have an extremely wide range of what they can be, and we're very quick to forget about those Ravens like complete stinker games where... I mean, it's the ultimate, you know, uh, screw around and find out type of game. Let me put it at, at that. But like the Cleveland Browns game against Deshaun Watson, where they lost 33-31. A few weeks ago, where they almost lost to the Rams at home. Uh, earlier in the year, the game against the Steelers. Like, they're not immune to a terrible performance. It seems like a good sell opportunity on the Ravens here. I just wish Miami was healthier. But I can see myself getting involved in the Dolphins later in the week if we continue to see a little bit of a push towards the Ravens. Yeah, and I, you know, if it's like, well, what would cause that number to move? Be like, well, 
Jalen Waddle's got a high ankle sprain. That's him. That that set tickle your fancy is something that could potentially move the point spread, and and Dolphins could still get a pretty negative injury report. We'll kind of see how that goes. Rob, this is a two part question here. Just we haven't talked about league MVP that much in the first hour. We'll do a lot of it tomorrow when we do this game. When we do a couple other games, we'll talk about it as well. So Brock Purdy obviously puts up the clunker on on Christmas night. Four picks. Darnold comes in and I mean it's just it's again crafted in a lab to make him the most likely to lose the award as possible. So just a two part answer here. This does not have to be a price discussion where Lamar is like minus two hundred. He's kind of taken the torch from Brock Purdy as a really uh as a presumptive favorite to win the MVP. If the Ravens beat Miami who do you think wins MVP? And if the Dolphins beat Baltimore, who do you think wins MVP? And this can be the same, but it could be Lamar for both. You don't have to give me a different player, but if you play out Baltimore, Miami, both ways, just knowing that result, what would be your best guess who wins MVP in each situation? Yeah. So this is when there's a cluster like this, and there's so many people that can win at this point in the season, I'll start to call it the recency bias award, right? Like Purdy has no chance now because we're just going to remember this type of game. If Lamar wins this week, his his number is going to – I mean, I don't want to say he's a shoe-in because anything can happen, but I think it's very likely that he's going to end up winning. Now, if they lose, okay, Tua's going to get a bump, but then the Dolphins play the Bills afterwards, and who that outcome of that game could also have an impact on MVP as well. So it's kind of like a wait-and-see type of approach. Um, I don't – I mean, my only opinion is I don't think Christian McCaffrey is live, personally. Uh, I, I, and this is not just because I don't think a running back deserves to win. I just believe that the general consensus out there from people who can vote now, they diminish the position enough that I think it hurts his chances at winning MVP overall. So that's my only kind of statement on this market right now. I do, though, think Tua is very live. I mean, if you do like the Dolphins this week, you might as well bet Tua at 9-1 to one as well. I think that's certainly in play, especially when you just look at the metric, like his numbers this year are very, very good relative to Lamar's as well. So uh, I think that he certainly has a shot. You better, you better hear a Nick and Ken. It is a Monday on a Wednesday, our first show since Sunday. We're joined by pro sports better Rob Bazzola talking week 17 in the NFL on Twitter at Rob Bazzola. All right, Rob, hitting some of the games that you do like for this weekend. Let's go to the Patriots and the Bills coming up on Sunday in Buffalo. The Bills almost blowing that game on Saturday night to the Chargers. New England not knocking Russell Wilson out of the starter's job in Denver. We'll get to the Broncos and Chargers as we move along. Uh, Bills, a 12-point home favorite. Total here is 40-and-a-half. Uh, Patriots winning the first meeting between these teams as an eight-point dog earlier in the season. Uh, Bills laying 12, 40-and-a-half. What do you got, Bills and Pats? You always got to be careful with outdoor games, Buffalo, at this time point in the year so there might be some rain in this game which we're seeing right now I actually think this total is a little bit too low I've been on Buffalo unders for a while now or at least was for a period of the year because their offense has dynamically changed but this is the type of defense excuse me offense that the Patriots struggle against a quarterback that's able to scramble to pick up yardage that kind of throws off their zone coverage schemes a lot and that's why we've seen Josh Allen have so much success against this defense over the years no matter how they have played him from the opposite side of things, I actually think there's also a decent matchup for Bailey Zappi. He's generated the vast majority of his turnovers this year against cover three. He struggles to read that defense, turns it over a ton. Buffalo plays a very low rate of cover three. And if you just look at the offensive outputs for the Patriots, Zappi at quarterback, they're not anything to write home about, but they're scoring into the 20s here. This isn't like the Mac Jones offense that gets shut out every single week. They can put up some points. So I think that we're on the wrong side of 41 here. Uh, I like the over in the Bills and Patriots. 
Rob, cu- curious. I, I see Falcons Bears written down here, and I'm just like, I don't even know what to say about it. Atlanta, a lot of weeks, like we just said, and Nick, and I feel like Nick's honestly said everything about Arthur Smith and maybe how this is going to go. Now there's like jokes that maybe Russell Wilson will be their starting quarterback next year, and just it's like it just kind of this stuff all writes itself. Bears given a really good accounting of themselves to close the season, covered against Arizona. Um, these, these win totals on Chicago are going to be. Uh, in the memoir at the end of the season, uh, Bears three, maybe more importantly, 38 the total. Uh, give me, you know, something you're expecting in this game, an angle that you're thinking about playing. Yeah, funny for Atlanta, they could have had Lamar Jackson for a couple first rounders and they might end mm. up with Russell Wilson next year. Uh, how's that for a, a downgrade of what could have been? Um, I, I like the under in this game. I, I think the Bears offensive unit looked a lot better last week than you would typically expect based off the fact that they played an Arizona defense that's not very good. Atlanta's defense at full health right now. They got David Onyemata back on the D-line last week. That helps them a lot in their run defense and solidifying that overall. I think this is a good unit, and I think Justin Fields is typically going to struggle against this type of defense who really mixes up their coverages a lot and doesn't play a lot of cover three. On the other side of things, one thing that was apparent for me with Atlanta last week with Taylor Heineke, they had a good offensive output, but a lot was underneath And I think it was very clear to me that Arthur Smith wants someone in there who's not going to make mistakes and not going to take the chances that Desmond Ritter did. That's a little bit more of a conservative offense. I love the Bears defense with the way that they are at full health right now against an Atlanta team that has issues at both left tackle and right tackle going into the injury report this week. So I think this total's a bit too high, and I like the under here. All right, Rob, we don't have a ton of time left here. Give us like 30 seconds on the following two games. Let's start with the expansion bowl with the Jaguars and the Panthers in Jacksonville. Jags a six and a half point favor, total of 38. Trevor Lawrence now resembling the guy from the board game operation with all his injuries. Yeah, I don't know where that we're going to get back to seven, but I've set by points for seven here on Carolina in this game. The Panthers offense is actually playing a lot better than people want to give them credit for. They're stretching the field a little bit more. The, the unit is dynamically changing. And honestly, Jacksonville needing to win by margin against anyone right now with the fact that they have a well below, ob, uh, well below average offense and defense over the course of the past six weeks, it's too big a number. Uh, I like Carolina, but I really want a seven in this game. Russell Wilson benched by Sean Payton. Jared Stidham gets the start for the Broncos at home against the Chargers on Sunday. Broncos still mathematically alive for the playoffs. Spread goes from five and a half down to a juiced three for Denver. So the Broncos in between three and three and a half against Easton Stick, uh, who stuck it up our, if you bet if you bet the Bills on Saturday night. Total is 37 and a half with the Chargers and the Broncos. What a move, honestly. I didn't think there was going to be that much of a market impact on Russell sitting. I did love the matchup for Russ against the Chargers defense. They play a lot of cover six. They give up a lot underneath. But ultimately, it's a, that's a big move. And I don't, I don't agree with the amount that the market is downgrading from Russell to Stidham. So I think the Broncos are in play here. I also think the total is a little bit too low, honestly, at 37 and a half. You got your bounce from the Chargers defense last week. Uh, and I actually kind of like Easton Stick in his ability to push the ball a little bit more. Like, I'm not saying he's great, but he can make some throws and hang in there. This is a, a, a low total for what's supposed to be not bad weather in Denver this week. So Broncos and the over are both looks of mine in this game. Rob, how did it feel in 15 seconds to get absolutely ethered by Andrew Catalan on Twitter this past Sunday? <laughs> I, I honestly didn't view it that way. I, I didn't I, either. I didn't either, I, just my, to be clear. My, yeah, my first thought was, why is this guy tweeting me back in the middle of a game, right? Like, he's calling a game. And he I didn't tag him either on Twitter. Like, he must, he must have searched his name or someone sent it to him. But I actually loved it. I live for moments like that. Like, I live for stuff like that. 
that's why we can never leave Twitter. Rob tweeting erroneously and like not a big deal. Like uh, about a play-by-play call. I mentioned Catalan. Catalan tweets him back during the commercial break. I'm actually calling the Seahawks and Titans. I don't know what the funniest thing about that is. Probably Catalan searching his name during commercial breaks. Uh, and also, yeah. we love Andrew Catalan. Rob, we appreciate it, buddy. Good luck with the bets this weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Good luck as well. Coming up next, Odyssey Sports NFL insider Brian Baldinger dishing on Week 17. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Blitz off the edge with Hamilton. He gets picked up, but they're going to throw a flag on that. And Purdy is spinning around. There are two flags on the play. This is another pick by Hamilton. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Well, which Brock Purdy pick was it? I'm, I'm not sure. There were a lot of them on Monday night. Uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman with the call on Monday Night Football on Christmas night is the Ravens Railroad. Didn't see that one coming, got to be honest. Railroad the 49ers in San Francisco. Ken and I will get back to our handicap of Week 17 in the National Football League coming up 20 minutes from now. We'll go to Saturday night's game. Great game in Dallas with the Cowboys and the Lions. Next hour, Eric Eager stops by from Sumer Sports. Power Hour, Final Hour, all our bets for tonight. And we'll talk some college sports with Tim Brando from Fox. Can't wait for that conversation with our pal, Tim Brando. But joining us right now to talk Week 17 in the NFL, our good friend, Odyssey Sports NFL insider, the great Brian Baldinger. Baldy, host of the Odyssey Original Podcast, the best football show, which I still think is like the best name ever for a podcast. It features daily breakdowns of the most important storylines around the National Football League. Baldy, of course, on Twitter at Baldy NFL. Baldy, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. Hope it was a great Christmas holiday for you and your family. You enjoyed the games. How's it going? Nick, life is great. I mean, everything is going well. I'm gearing up here to start week 17. We're getting near the finish line for us who work every day. It's a good feeling because I think we got some great games coming up this week. And I know you want to talk about them. And I can't think of anything better to do, Nick, than to talk about these games this week. Baldy, you're the best. <laughs> I wish every guest we had on the show just opened by being like, I'm dying to be here talking about football with you. I, I saw uh, a couple comments that you had, Baldy, and a, a couple other segments you did just about the Ravens-Niners game from from Monday night. Nick and I haven't haven't been on the air since then, so we kind of spent some time already in the show, and we'll probably spend more time just kind of unpacking that game a little bit, how unexpected that result was. For us, at least, we kind of liked San Francisco in the game. Just what did you see in that game that was interesting to you? I think a lot of people are still kind of scratching their heads. Figure, okay, Brock Purdy threw a bunch of picks, but but how did that happen? What's, what's kind of your answer there? Well, Kenny, so the Ravens play this matchup zone defense. And so you can run all of the motions and the shifting and the formations that the Niners do that give a lot of teams problems. But the Ravens are a zone team. And when they zone drop, they drop and then they match up against whoever's coming into their zone. So all 11 players have their eyes on the quarterback. Everybody sees it. So like that first interception that Kyle Hamilton had, the ball was what we call a divide. It was Debo going down the middle of the field. And really Kyle Hamilton – it's just sitting in his own with really nothing to do except like watch the ball, you know, go on his flight and he jumps, he jumps the route. And so the 49ers gained this advantage with these motions and these shifts and all this stuff that they do weekend against man teams and classic zone teams. This stuff doesn't bother the Ravens. They just sit there 
and all they do is just expand. And guys come into the zone. There's Marcus Williams. You know, there's Brandon Stevens. They match up with it. And you've got to be literally perfect on these throws in order to beat this like Stafford was two weeks ago when he had a really good game against them. It forces the quarterback to be patient, and it forces the quarterback to be perfect when he does make a throw. And you saw a couple of them get away from Brock Purdy the other day. Yeah, it felt like Purdy was kind of like in his head a little bit, just like watching the game. I don't even think you need to like to have played or coached to be able to see that from Brock Purdy that he was feeling a little bit on Monday night. Baldy, um, this like last question off what we saw on Monday night, and we'll turn our attention to the games coming up this weekend because you're you're as plugged in as it gets. You talk to a ton of people, coaches, players, award voters, members of the media. What's your sense? as to what's going to happen with NFL Most Valuable Player, where Lamar Jackson is now, like, basically he's flipped, he's traded places with Brock Purdy. Lamar's now a pretty big favor to win NFL Most Valuable Player at our show sponsor, BetMGM. It feels like Brock Purdy, like, almost can't win the award now. Whether right, wrong, or indifferent, that's kind of how it feels in the betting market. Is it as simple as Ravens beat the Dolphins on Sunday to lock up home fields and the, the one seed in the AFC playoffs, and it's Lamar? Like, what's your sense right now with NFL Most Valuable Player? Yeah, so Nick, you know, last week when I was asked this question, I said, well, let's let's see how Brock does against the number one defense in football, you know? And then I was proponent of, like, if you're on, at Le- if you're at Levi Stadium on Christmas night and you're down there in the field before the game, all you see is stars. I mean, there's McCaffrey, there's Debo, there's Nick Bosa, there's Fred Warner, there's Brock, there's Kyle Shanahan, there's stars everywhere. But in a league full of stars, To me, the biggest star is always Lamar because he's indefensible as he was. And it's not necessarily about, you know, statistics or gaudy statistics, although he's done that when he was a unanimous MVP five years ago. But you saw how difficult it was for a top three defense in this league to contain Lamar Jackson. And the the, the part that I think should sway voters is how easy he makes it look. I mean, there's Fred Warner and Nick Bosa, and they can't get a glove on him. I mean, we're talking about great defensive players, the best players at their positions in this league, arguably, and they couldn't get a glove on him. And yet there's this touchdown throw to Zay Flowers. There's this touchdown throw to Nelson Aguilar. Everybody's chasing him. Like, to me, he's just the biggest star in this whole league because, to me, it's an entertainment business, and he's the biggest star in an entertainment business. And on any given Sunday, you literally can't take your eyes off him because you don't know what's going to happen. And so, in, in, in large part, not really numbers-wise or stat-wise, he's the MVP on the best team in the league. A pretty, pretty compelling answer there, obviously. Basically, like, took that mantle from, from Purdy by beating him at his place uh, when Purdy threw four picks. So, I think it kind of makes sense. It definitely explains, obviously, for, for people who are curious why Lamar Jackson's a really big favorite of the market. Baldy, we, we can go out of order here then, like, it's Thursday and Saturday. just want to ask you about the Ravens game coming up this because you were talking about all the great things they're doing on defense. Lamar's the biggest star in the game. The Ravens at home against Miami are – and I'm, like, a little surprised, not that I want to bet this, Baldy, but just – I thought the Ravens would be a little bit bigger favorite off of what we saw Monday night against Miami, a home game against the Dolphins. We don't know if Jalen Waddle's going to play. The Ravens basically just a field goal favorite still in a bunch of places in the game, a three-point favorite, three and a half in some places. Could you see that game being much more competitive than what we saw Christmas night? What about the Ravens and Dolphins on Sunday? A couple things, Ken, a couple things on that. Um, I did the Ravens and Dolphins last year, week two, and I think the, I think the Dolphins scored – 
three touchdowns in the fourth quarter win it, a shootout game. Um, we bet the Dolphins in that game. It was the- a really good one. It was a really good one for us. <laughs> okay, all right. So I think, honestly, so the, the, the Dolphins do a lot of very similar things offensively that the 49ers do. And I think Mike McDaniel is going to really look at how the Ravens play this matchup zone and really figure out maybe a different way to attack it. And I think he's going to learn a lot from what the 49ers didn't do right offensively. And I'm curious to see, like, however it turns out, I would love to talk to Mike after the game and see how much he learned from what the 49ers didn't do right and didn't do well in that game against and see if he can use it to their advantage in this style of defense that really nobody else does in this whole league. Now, it'll hurt that they lose Kyle Hamilton. But Geno Stone will step in. He'll play well. But Kyle's a very unique player in that defense. But I do think they're going to learn from it. And it'll be interesting to see how they can take it and use it to their advantage in this game. I would still take the Ravens because of Lamar and his ability to just create plays. Um, but I do think that the Ravens are a better team overall. The kicking game, they're better overall. But I do want to see Mike McDaniel with Tyreek and most certain some of these guys he has against this defense. The chess match between Mike McDaniel and Mike McDonald is going to be fascinating in this game. Dolphins head coach and play caller against the Ravens. Defensive coordinator likely to be a head coach coming up next year in the NFL. You better you bet with Nick and Ken on a Wednesday. Chatting week 17 with our pal Brian Baldinger, Odyssey Sports NFL Insider, on Twitter at Baldy NFL. Baldy, we'll get to the game that you're calling, which is the Eagles and the Cardinals coming up in a bit. But I want to get your thought on the Saturday night game with the Cowboys and the Lions. Dallas is a six-point favorite at home. Total is 53 and a half, which like this year in the NFL feels like uh, 70 with some of the totals that we've seen. And I think the betting market, Baldy, expects Dallas to kind of get right back on track here. You know, after a couple of the tough stretch of games, like on the road, coming home where they've been absolutely unbelievable. Lions, like winning the division last week, maybe a letdown spot for Dan Campbell in Detroit. Do you see it playing out that way? You think the Lions can keep this game close or win? Or is this a laugher at home for the Dallas Cowboys? I don't think so. I think this is this game is going to be combined score is going to be well into the 60s. Detroit's offense is really good. Um, their offensive line is as good as anybody's in football. That combination of Montgomery and Gibbs running the ball is going to give the Cowboys problems. Um, it, it it just is. They, they just match up really well against the the Cowboys front. They changed their linebacking core last week to try to help against Miami, and it did a little bit. Um, it slowed Mostert down somewhat, but. I think this is really a tale of two really good offenses. I think C.D. Lamb gets a lot of targets. I think he has a big game against Detroit. Um, I think it would help if I knew that Tyron Smith was going to play left tackle. Their backup was awful last week, and the Dolphins took advantage of it. But I think these are two really good offenses. And can Dallas' defense get Jared Goff to turn the ball over? When he doesn't turn the ball over, they score in the 30s. And I have a feeling that's where this game is going to be. It's going to be a shootout in the 30s. A little bit like maybe that Dallas-Seattle game a couple weeks ago. But I, I, I feel like Detroit can give them everything that they can handle. And, and I think they can still win the game. I don't think there's going to be a letdown. I don't think Dan Campbell's going to let that happen. I, I think this team will be ready to play. I think they enjoy playing. And they enjoy running the ball down people's throats. And that might happen on Sunday or Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, just like... Arizona early in the year against Dallas, 
Buffalo against Dallas a couple weeks ago, like around the game. Here's the Lions and this offensive line. It's really interesting to think about. Baldy telling you the game might be played in the 60s. Total 53 and a half, by the way. I don't disagree either. I'm not even bringing that up because the total is way different. Baldy, a bunch of games we can go to next. Let's, let's do Thursday night. Just maybe give it, give you a chance to talk about how impressive what the Browns are doing this year is. Now, we don't know. Amari Cooper is listed as questionable now for this Thursday night game coming up tomorrow against the Jets. But the Browns, Baldy, now more than a touchdown favorite. So expectation is the market is Browns, by margin here, by more than a touchdown, um, obviously have played really, really well and played well against Houston last week. What do you make of that game? Is it as simple as like Browns playing for a playoff spot at home? They blow out the Jets, or you could see that game being close. Well, Cleveland's defense is the story here, and I, you know, Trevor Simeon and look, they had a a nice game last week, and Brees Hall was was the entire offense, and you know, they put up a thirty spot, even though they were up twenty seven to seven. Um, they fell behind. They, they went down, kicked a winning field goal. Like I, to me, Cleveland's defense is them and Baltimore. Like they're the two best. San Francisco can be there, but the way Cleveland plays defense is going to give the the Jets a lot of problems, and it's going to give Trevor Simeon problems. Like Miles Garrett right now has gone like I think something like five games out of sack. Although he's playing really well, like he gets a chance to hit Trevor Simeon. He might not get up. Like that's how, that's the the angst that right now Miles Garrett has. Like he wants to sack and he wants to hit a quarterback so bad. I feel bad if it's Trevor Simeon. I mean, honestly, he's he's already knocked him out of a game before a couple of years ago. Um, th- this Cleveland Brown defense, like they man you up and then they get after the quarterback. They're they're really good. And Flacco, look, I mean that game that he had with Amari Cooper last week. Like I I don't know that I've seen a receiver do that in an NFL game ever. Like, I don't know. He had almost 300 yards receiving. It was ridiculous what he did. And Flacco will just keep throwing it to you. At fourth and 18, I'll throw it to Amari. We'll get, we'll get the first down. Like, it was unbelievable what happened. But Flacco, like, he's going up. He's going to see the Jets. Everybody on that team he knows, he was there the last two years. And how the Jets didn't sign him when he was sitting on his couch in Audubon, New Jersey, I would have sent the Uber up for him as soon as Aaron Rodgers got hurt. I would have sent the Uber for for Joe Flacco. So I think he's going to be a little ticked that the Jets didn't call him and he wasn't there because he knew the offense, he knew the system, he knew the players. I think Cleveland rolls in this game pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I love just brings me back to when the Rams signed Carson Wentz, Baldy, and all the reports came out. Well, it's one last show of confidence in Zach Wilson that they didn't consider signing Carson Wentz. I, I, someone, I, the fact that like everyone's just coming back for the Jets next year is unbelievable to me anyway. Baldy, let's close. Maybe we'll have time for one other. Actually, we only have about 45 seconds for this answer. Baldy, you'll be on the call coming up on Sunday of the Eagles and the Cardinals in Philadelphia. The Eagles got off the schneid in the win column, but like we're not super impressive taking down the Giants, winning the game by eight, not covering the spread. Now 10.5-point home favorites against a struggling Cardinals team playing out the stretch. Jonathan Gannon, hashtag calamity, returning home to Philadelphia. Total is 48, only 30 seconds here for the Eagles and Cardinals and how you see this playing out well I think the Eagles are a better team but like nobody was excited in Philadelphia last week nobody I mean they all had that look on their face of dread and even when Keely Ringo intercepted the ball in the end zone to finish the game there wasn't an ounce of celebration it was just a weird feel like they know they didn't play good they won the game against a bad team that played poorly you know Kyler Murray is better than any quarterback that the Giants played last week. Like, he'll give him some fits. He's got nothing to lose. He's probably playing for a job someplace else next year. So, I, like, I don't know. The Eagles don't impress me at all in any way. So, I think it's, it's, it's going to be a 
I think it could be the similar type of circumstance where the Eagles win and nobody's excited. That might happen. Baldy, we're always excited when you join us talking football here on You Better You Bet. Baldy NFL on Twitter, the best football show. My friend, stay well, safe travels, enjoy the game. We'll talk next week. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Take care, Nick. Ken, see you guys. Look at, look. Looking forward to it. On the other side, Ken and I resume our handicap of Week 17, the Lions and the Cowboys on Saturday night. Three point, Lions lead. There's Gibbs. Cuts to the outside. Still going into the end zone. Jameer Gibbs for the Lions touchdown. Welcome back to You Better You Bet. Brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. King Kenny Albert with the call on Fox from this past weekend. The Lions, hashtag our Lions, restoring the roar and preventing from preventing Sunday from being a Sunday bloody Sunday at the Costos household at least. Lions are uh, able to cash for us, winning the NFC North for literally the first time since uh, since 1993 when it was the old NFC Central. And King Kenny Albert following just a great appearance by King Brian Baldinger. as an A-plus Brian Baldinger appearance on the show in the last segment. Uh, next hour on the show, we'll get an A-plus segment from Eric Eager from Sumer Sports. Eric will join us to talk Week 17, Power Hour, Final Hour. We'll have a conversation with Tim Brando from Fox Sports. Uh, we'll talk the college football playoff semifinals coming up early next week on New Year's Day, and we'll give you all our bets for tonight. But right now, we continue our handicap of Week 17. Let's say continue. We've done one game. Well off pace right now, so we'll try and uh, haul ass here to make it happen. Uh, Saturday <laughs> night, the Cowboys and the Lions from Dallas, and like what profiles as, you know what? And like I didn't bet Detroit in that game a couple Saturdays ago against Denver, and it's not apples to apples. It's not the same thing, but a similar-ish setup maybe that sets up maybe in sure. a good spot to back the home team. Um I, I don't love this number, though. I actually agree with everything Pozzola said when he was on with us earlier in this hour that, hey, like, I'd really like to bet Dallas, but this number's like, it's all there. Uh, maybe you think, Kevin, uh, Ken, that there's line the room for this to go. Uh, Dallas is a six-point home favorite on Saturday night against the Lions. The total is 53.5, which, again, is like 70 in, uh, in this year's NFL. What do you think, uh, Dallas and Detroit on Saturday night? Yeah, and just worth noting, from open to now like what has happened in this market uh the the side hasn't budged like open cowboys six and i was really curious i i had somebody send that to me who liked detroit and as it's sort of like a like an analytical handicap almost make sure maybe we can get into as part of baldy's answer and i responded with like the spot handicap which is maybe the dallas answer which we'll go over too but i will say Despite, like, however, you, I think you have strong opinions on the game. Like, we're still six ever. Like, nothing has happened to this point spread. So maybe people had strong opinions and and just, you know, uh, it evened out. But we haven't even had, like, bouncing back and forth from, from six and a half or five and a half. So it's just six. Um, maybe that just means it's the right number in the game, I guess is a good kind of a good way to think about it. And then the over, which I don't think is surprising to anybody that even, like, I'm sure when, like, the opener went out 51 and a half, be like, wow, that's a really high number. Be like, well... Have you seen Dallas's offense at home and their run defense? Like, you want to tell me somebody's getting stops in this game? You want to tell me that's happening? So the over has already been like a something that people have clearly been interested in. Look, like the 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 spot stuff, if you want to sort of qualify it under that terrible term umbrella. Um, Dallas home road splits not even close. Dallas off a couple really bad performances. Detroit off a game where they won the division and their quarterback cried. Like we look for motivational spots. 
You're looking for a situation where you would want to play on a team and against another team? This is it for you. If you like those kind of things, this is the game for you. Now, you don't have to bet them for that reason, but, like, I'm with you. Yeah, I think Dallas is, like, pretty likely to win this game. Also, they're six, and they can't stop the run at all, and here comes this team. So it's just, like... I'm kind of, I, I get kind of why the number hasn't moved. Like I could make a really compelling case for both sides of this game. Like I could come on and love Detroit and not tell you any of the Dallas stuff. And you'd be like, man, he's right. Detroit's the side. And I could make, I could do the exact same thing for Dallas. You'd be like, wow, great point. Never thought of that. Really like Dallas. It's that kind of a game. Uh, you're going to have, I think, strong opinions both ways. To me, that just means kind of like the number is probably pretty good. Like Dallas by a little bit more than you'd expect. I think situationally it sets up for them. I think... I don't think I'll bet the game. I think if I did, I would lay Dallas. But I don't want to do that, so I won't. So maybe we'll wait and see if we get some line movement throughout the course of the week that makes us want to make a bet one way or another. You have a thought on the total? And if not, we can go to Sunday slate because I have nothing on this game right now. I got bet up like two and a half points. And, and I get it. <laughs> like, I'm just, you know, like, what do you want me to say? Like, I think it's going to be a really high-scoring game, too. Um, if I had to bet the game sidewise... I hate playing against teams that are in the situation that Dallas is in. It just drives me nuts when I do that. And then like they win by 14 and it's like, you dummy. Like it just, it was, you know, like it's, you look at the schedule for both teams and figure out what type of performance you're going to get from both. And people like a lot of this stuff, I think seems like hocus pocus to people. And I do think there are some things that are really exaggerated about situations like sandwiches and look aheads and stuff like, like it's just like that, like a lot of that stuff I don't at least use. Maybe people find it valuable. I just, I don't use it. Um, but I do think like late in an NFL season, these kind of setups are, they, they matter. And a lot of times it's actually extra rest as ends up being a part of the handicap, um, which, you know, not maybe not something we necessarily have here. So I, uh, I guess I'd lay Dallas, but I think you know, make a really compelling case for both sides. Dallas has great home splits, and yeah, probably just makes the number right. I I had a sandwich by the way on Christmas morning that my mother in law oh, made. Boy. It was like this, like I don't know if it was like a frittata, or just like I, I, I don't. Know, in any event, it was like egg, and she's a phenomenal cook. It was like egg, zucchini, potato. And like delicious Italian bread with long hot peppers. Maybe that's Which are your favorites, by the way. That's like your favorite yeah. thing, right? I, I feel like at some point I need to like have like a come to Jesus talk with myself. Like you cannot right. do this anymore. Like stomach it's Jesus. Stomach. Like a specific yes. kind of Jesus, right? It's a, yes, his like name, is, uh, his name is... Like, how do you picture well, Jesus? I picture him with long, hot peppers. <laughs> well, so I, or I picture him in a big pink bottle, and his initials are PB, Pepto-Bismol. That's how I'm going to start I picture him saying, dum, 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 dum. Instead of BC, it's going to be BPB, before Pepto-Bismol, before Pepsi, BP. Anyway. All right, so that's the Cowboys and the Lions. You better you bet with Nick and Ken here on a Wednesday, a Monday on a Wednesday. And like, I like the idea of like stomach Jesus is very funny. Especially <laughs> yes. as you get older, like you can't escape this stuff. All right, we'll move no. to Sunday slate now, to the AFC East with the Bills and the Patriots. Now we literally just saw Buffalo as a twelve-point favorite, albeit on the road. But I mean, at the Chargers, I mean, road game, whatever. It was cross country, um, and they did not cover and almost lost the game outright. And now they are a twelve-point home favorite against Bailey Zappi and the Patriots, who look good all of a sudden, right? Beat the Broncos on Sunday night. We'll get to Denver in a little bit here, benching Russell Wilson for Jared Stidham. Sean Payton lying through his teeth, saying this is about right now and not the future. Sure, Pinocchio. Total in the game is 40 and a half. We'll get to that game, though. But as far as this game is concerned, Ken, curious what you think, because I didn't bet Buffalo on Saturday night. 
I would never have bet the Chargers. I do like Buffalo in this game, and I like this price with the number under 13. I think the Patriots have played well. I don't think Buffalo is going to smash them. Your thoughts here, Bills and Pats? Pen, pencil, blood, or blank? Uh, they definitely can. You know, just, uh, you know, situational stuff that would make the market move, like, injury-wise in the game. I don't think there's, like, I mean, I guess you have, like, the, the Patriots skill position group, which always seems like it has nine players questionable, I guess can end up determining some line movement in the game. For the Bills, you know, it's like Micah Hyde and, like, whether he plays, I don't think there's anything going on that's necessarily going to make this market go crazy. I mean, I kind of agree with the range. The Bills have to be more than 10 for sure, um, even based on how the Patriots have played recently. I agree with you. Like, I like that you get them in this game and not, like, off two huge wins playing a new coach where you're going to get like an obvious bounce from the other team now that didn't mean the chargers had to cover but like you were going to get a better effort from them i think everybody agreed on that this isn't that this is definitely not that kind of a situation so if i had to bet the game i'd bet buffalo but just you know i i just don't see a lot this is going to be true with a bunch of the games we're actually going to be able to speed through several of them it's just uh it's late in the season i just yeah like I, the bills are extremely likely to win this game they are more than capable of winning this game by margin um you know, situationally, I don't really have a lot of stuff cooking. I, I think it, I think it's about right. If I had to bet the game, I'd probably be with you in late Buffalo, but don't see a lot going on there. All right, I think we can move on here past the Bills and the Patriots coming up on Sunday. And let's go now. But by, by the way, um, I haven't looked at the weather today at least. So if, if, if there's anything going on in any of these games, let me know. I'm, I, I think Ron sure. Beatsley was like, we think the weather's going to be okay in this Bills-Patriots game. Um, so what are the Bears and the Falcons now? Just uh, in the, man, like, how many things did I get wrong last weekend? Well, I bet the Cardinals, they lost by 11. That was a loser. Um, and now the Bears coming off that win against Arizona. Play a Falcon. Speaking of things I was wrong about, how about that Colts-Falcons game? That was a blast. Game goes under the total also. What the hell happened to the Colts offense? Uh, so now Chicago plays Atlanta here. Really interesting game. Atlanta, like, still alive for the NFC South, but if Tampa wins, they win the division. So it was a huge game for Atlanta. And a big game for Matt Eberflus and Justin Fields. Like, they, they went out to end the season. Uh, are they going to get, is Eberflus going to get fired? Fields going to be back next year. Very fascinating. So, Chicago, Ken, in between a two and a half and a three point home favorite. The number is three at BetMGM. It is juiced towards Atlanta, minus 15. So, it looks like this will come off three. The total here is 38. Taylor Heineke draws another start, obviously, for Atlanta. You are going to pay a lot for this muffler. Bears and Falcons, uh, pen, pencil, blood, or blank. <laughs> Uh, I mean, after a couple games where I'm like, man, I totally agree. I guess my only question in this game is like, is two and a half or three the number that that kind of I would I would see the game playing out at, like in terms of the difference between the teams? Like, are the Bears a full three better than Atlanta after being like four, four and a half against Arizona, who might be a little tanky to close the season? And the Falcons are nothing like that. Um, it's kind of qualifies. This isn't a bad team, bad team game, but it's pretty close. We'll at least call it like an average team, average team game. And like three late in the season with like a low total and two like really inconsistent teams. It's just always going to seem like a good idea in situations like this. So uh, I think I will bet Atlanta. We can talk about when or like, should I have bet them already? Some of the threes are juiced in their direction. Um, not like the most confident play, but like actually like um, a, a much stronger opinion than than the two games we've gone over so far in this segment. Uh, I, I bet Atlanta just because I felt like I, I think I'm going to get the best of the number around the key number. And, you know, I don't like Atlanta. I don't like either team, really. Actually, I think I like right. Chicago more, but I just feel like the number is valuable here. So I, I'm in already. So why don't you talk about market entry here? Like when you're looking to bet the Falcons? 
Well, I mean, we can. The early interest was in Atlanta, in a few places. Uh, a couple of the market-making books are juiced three minus twenty or three minus fifteen in their direction. So I guess your your plan of attack here would be find a three one ten, bet it, and like hope for uh, a you know a, an unsurprising injury report the next couple of days. Uh, I think that's probably the best course of action. Yeah, it feels more likely to go down than up, even with how well Chicago has played recently. Or, or it could close three. I, I don't have to be right about that. But more likely to come off three, I think, than go to three and a half, uh, even with the Bears on kind of a late season surge here. All right, we uh, we hit we had three games in that segment. Oh, yeah. Wow. Just wait. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. Roll through uh, these things. To, st- to start next hour... I think this Colts-Raiders game is incredibly fascinating. We'll talk about the Colts and the Raiders. Yeah, you, were, you were talking about this before the show, too. You were, this is like the first game that you brought up. I, I can't I can't I, wait to hear why you think it's interesting. <laughs> I, I, I laid three with the Colts, so we'll, I think I'm going to get the best of the number. We'll talk about the Rams and the Giants. We'll get into more games. Eric Eager will join us. A loaded hour number three of You Better You Bet coming up right after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 